Good morning. This is an exciting moment to be here with you. Paris Staff Weekend has always been a good one, and I, I don't know, uh, I think it may be because of Mama Gay's uh, banana pudding. It always is good. Um, I wasn't here to partake in Staff Weekend, but I'm really glad to be with y'all, and we definitely love Jay and Gay and all the Spencers and all that they mean to Camp Deer Run. And um, I'm excited to start off this morning before our lesson. Well, first, let me say, I'm excited because I'm just preaching today, okay? It's not really a deer run presentation. I just get to talk to you about God, and I'm super excited about that. But because I know there's a lot of Camp Deer Run crazies out here in the crowd, you, like, really love Camp Deer Run, I'm going to let you guys be the first to see some never-before-released footage that I just acquired over the last year um, that is from before camp even started. It's like while it was being built. And so it's, there's no uh, music or accompaniment or sound or anything. I'll, I'll give you some color commentary along the way. It's like three minutes, but it's, it's awesome. So uh, before we play, the first thing you're going to see is the guy who founded Camp Deer Run making the bricks that became our cabins. Then you're going to see uh, what is now the crafts hall, but originally it was the mess hall. So, and then you're just going to see some awesome clothes, and at the end it looks like a really old Coke commercial. So, <laughs> roll tape. So this guy's name is Benny Bristow, and he and his wife Gwen started Camp Deer Run, and there, there are the bricks. He was a preacher in Winsboro, and I guess when he came home, that's what he did. Now this is out at camp, I believe. I don't really know, I wasn't there. it gets better than that there we go that is the crafts hall currently the canteen was not there uh, so you'll see in a minute that's uh, 2088 like that's where you take a right and our sign is sitting there still it's going to pan to the left in a second and you can see 2088 is completely sand isn't that cool Now we're back inside of the crafts hall, or became the mess hall after they finished it. There's the, there's the entrance without doors yet. Not sure if those are still the, the rec hall benches, but they sure look like some of them. <laughs> I think they are. <laughs> it, it's strange how flat that looks, but 
the canteen's not sitting there, uh, or you wouldn't be able to see that. And the trees have grown a bit. Now here's our Coke commercial. There we go. Thank you. So I brought one of the bricks with me today, and I will come back to that at the very end. This does tie into the lesson, but I'll just set it right there. But that, that is some amazing stuff right there. If you love Deer Run, that was some good stuff. Um, Benny Bristow died like two years ago, and I went to his funeral, and just, just being there kind of connected with that story and I got to meet his wife and contacted her afterwards and stuff and ended up getting, I, I just asked for like some pictures. And she said, anyway, she called me and told me like this guy's going to Facebook me a video. And that was it. And I was like, are you kidding me? That is amazing. So um, I will come back to that at the very end. Pretty, pretty awesome story. So today I want to start out talking though about maybe a weird place to begin, but I want to talk about Satan just a second. I don't really even like thinking about him uh, because he's evil, but I want to start out and talk about Satan, and I want to talk about a couple of lies that Satan throws our way uh, every day, and he does this in, in very crafty ways. If you want to go to John chapter 10, you can just kind of keep yourself in John. We'll be there a lot, although we'll move around, but John chapter 10, a very familiar scripture uh, to all of us, but we kind of like the second part of it. We run past this first part. So John chapter 10, verse 10. This is describing Satan. He says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. The thief has come only to steal and kill and destroy. Go back a couple pages to John chapter 8, uh, verse 44, and Jesus again is going to talk about Satan and describe him. Um, he, sa he says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So Satan is incredibly evil, and he is all attacking us, trying to pull us away from what God wants us to recognize and have in our hearts about ourself. And he's doing this in so many different ways. One of the things I love about Camp Deer Run, one of the things I love about seeing those old, that old footage and the, the heart behind um, starting this place that it came to be, was that it was to be a refuge, a place away from the world, a place where you could uh, be still in God's creation where you could be around his people and have fun. And while you're doing that, amazing things happen because some of the distractions, some of the negative things, uh, thoughts and images and media and all these things, they're, they're 
their lessons, their way. And because of that, we can hear God's truth a little more clearly. But Satan wants to destroy that truth. And I think for all of us, there's three core lies that Satan throws at us in different ways. And maybe one of these will stand out more to you than others. But I think we can see these things in Scripture. And I think we can see how uh, men and women throughout Scripture were attacked by these things as well. But three lies from Satan. I am not good enough. I don't know enough. And I am not strong enough. I want you to think about your own life. And think about as you go out and you try or you want to live the life that God has called you to. And how you run into these things. Or how the world has kind of brought you to almost believe some of these things. I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. I'm not strong enough. In some ways, these sound like excuses, and that they are if we lean on him in that way. But these are things that Satan wants us to believe. He wants us to embody these things, because that is not a person who is bold. That's not a person who's courageously living out uh, what God has called him to do. I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. Uh, I have messed up too much in the past. I think we all relate to that, that Satan wants us to think on the past and to dwell so much in it and to waller in our, our failures that we forget to move forward with God. I don't know enough. You know, I don't, how can I set out and do this great thing? How can I share uh, the gospel with someone? I just I don't know enough. I'm not strong enough. I'll never be able to do it. I won't be able to make the change that I need to make in my life, even though I feel like God's leading me to it. I'm just not strong enough. You know, one of the traps that I think Satan uses to pin us down in these lies is comparison. How many times do you look around or you hear someone uh, speak or do something that you'd like to be able to do and you start comparing yourself to them? You see someone serving or you hear about something they've done and it's like, ah, you know, you, it's like it gets you down because they've done something. Comparison is a trap. And comparison leads either to anxiety or to despair. It doesn't lead us to a good place. And it fuels this fire of I'm not good enough, I don't know enough, and I'm not strong enough. The other thing about these lies is it's really like completely focused on, on me or on you. Because it's totally us trying to accomplish something by our strength and by our knowledge. And that's totally... Uh, contrary to what God has given us in the scriptures. So this morning, I don't want us to think about Satan. I do want to call him out for these lies that he is speaking into your life and into mine, and I want to get rid of it and throw it out and reject it as it's not the truth. And now I want to move on and talk to you about the truth of God. I'm going to share our theme for this summer with you and some things I'm really excited about, but when, you have, when I think about Satan's lies, I'm not good enough, I don't know enough, I'm not strong enough. If I just really sit still and think about what are the words that God would speak to refute that, to dispute it, to cast it away. Like if God was actually the one speaking, what would he say? And the first words that came to my mind when I thought about that was just two words. I am. God's response to that is like, well, I am. I'm not good enough, I don't know enough, I'm not strong enough. That's what 
like Satan's trying to get us to believe, and God just says, hey, I am. I, the Lord, am good enough, strong enough, powerful enough. I know it all. Like, trust in me. I am. Go to Exodus chapter 3. This is one of the stories that just jumped into my head as I was preparing when I thought about someone being called to do something. And we know uh, Moses' response. We're going to read about it here. So Exodus chapter 3. I'm going to look at verse 4 and read through 15. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Don't come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them, and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses got, said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? I kind of feel like the, all three lies are like right there. Who am I to do this? I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. I'm not strong enough. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God is the I am. And he is certainly good enough, knows enough, and is strong enough. He provides all that we need he is amazing he is the i am that is our father and i love that that's his answer to moses just go and tell him i am has sent you i want to look at another place and this is super cool to me in john chapter 18 where i am comes out john chapter 18 going to look at verse 4 through 6 so this is right when Jesus is being arrested, and they come to him uh, to take him away. And it says in verse 4, Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. And Jesus said, I am. I am he. We, kinda, we get that part of the story, but do we see what happens next? When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. There is such power in the words, I am, being spoken by God that knocked these men down. I am. That is who our Father is. That is amazing. Why do we listen to Satan? Why do we give him a foothold in our life when the I am is the one who has called us? He is the one who looks at us and now says this, the other truth I want you to grab hold of. I am, and you are mine. I am, and you are mine. Go to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. 
Look at verse 1 through 3. The truth of God to refute these lies of Satan really rests in these two things. I am and you are mine. Isaiah 43. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, don't fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. God has called us by name. We are His. It is an amazing truth that we should embody, we should rest in, we should lean on, we should never forget. Every day we should wake up and look in the mirror and say, I am His. I belong to God. You know, the second lie that I said there is, I don't know enough. And this makes me think of another thing. I think God definitely says, I am and you are mine. But another thing I think God would speak out if he was the one speaking. He would say, okay, if you're saying I don't know enough, he would say, well, you know me and I know you and that's enough. We know him and he knows us. I'm a part of a, uh, a men's group that meets every three or four weeks. And there's guys that come from outside of church, um, some that are new believers. And uh, this guy came once that was a recovering meth addict. Like, he had only been clean for like eight weeks. And probably the most powerful moment of any of these times I've been together with these guys is when he speaks up. So we all are making comments or whatever about whatever was going on. You know, we'll reference the Bible and things and scriptures and where they are. And this guy speaks up. And he's, he's hard to understand him. He's kind of so messed up from from the drugs, but he said, you know, I don't know the Bible like you guys. I don't know the scriptures. I can't tell you where it is, but I know Jesus, and I just met him, and he said, I know him, and I'm going hard every day chasing after the man that saved my life, and I thought, what an incredible, simple lesson for us. Those of us who know the Bible, and we can tell you scripture and verse, we forget the power of just the fact that we know Jesus. We know God. And He knows us. That is an incredible truth for us to live out of every single day. So I think God would look at us and say, if you're worried about not knowing enough, you need to rest in the fact that you know me. And I know you. And that last lie, I'm not strong enough. We, we go out and try to do things in our own strength all the time. And we mess it up. We kind of are like Peter getting out of the boat and walking on water. We're doing real good for a second, but we're getting further and further out there. And all of a sudden, something happens. And we see the wind and the waves. And we're trying to do it in our strength at that point when we start forgetting about Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, we find a, an awesome scripture where God tells us uh, in those moments when we're feeling like I'm not strong enough, what we ought to think about. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God's power is made perfect in weakness. We don't have to be strong. We're not intended to be strong. God... Uh, made us he gave us this treasure in jars of clay if you think about a jar of clay if you drop it 
It is going to shatter. It's not strong. It's not this awesome thing. God did it on purpose. We are the ones that He wants His truth to flow through and into this world. And He had a reason for it. And a part of it is because we are weak. We aren't that strong. We do mess up. But His redemptive story is shown through all of that. So, what does this have to do with a brick? You know, why do I have this brick up here other than the really cool footage? When I think about Benny Bristow and Gwen Bristow starting Camp Deer Run and think about like what camp has become today, like it did not happen like that. It's taken 60 years and it's still growing and God is still doing amazing things. But I think about his efforts because I know when we think of stories like Camp Deer Run or like if you know the stories of Steve Meeks uh, coming back and helping save Camp Deer Run from near, nearly closing down, or any other stories of faith you hear, like sometimes we forget when we're sharing those stories to share the, the hard side of it or the, the sides where we were struggling with doubt or whatever. And I can't imagine how many times Benny Bristow came home from work, a full day's work, and goes back in the backyard to make bricks, and Gwen is inside with like four kids going crazy, you know, and just the, the struggle there may have been there, uh, or the fact that he might have been tired, and he's just making these bricks uh, with this dream, you know? Uh, I think about Noah. I feel like uh, it took him like a hundred years to build the ark. Like, think of the faith, just the simple faith to pick up the hammer and get back out there not knowing if it's ever going to rain or why God is having me do this. I believe Satan was attacking Noah and Satan was attacking Benny Bristow, just like he does us, just like he did Moses, to say, I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough, I don't know enough, I can't do this on my own. But if we will be faithful, if we will rest in these promises that God is, the I Am, our Father, is so enough for whatever He calls us to do, and we are his. He looks at us and says, you are mine. And he looks at us and he says, you don't know it all, but you know me and I know you. And if he has called us into a work, if he has asked us to go do something, he will provide. And it may not be at the time that helps us feel comfortable all the way through it. Like there may be moments, maybe long moments, where it requires faith. But if we will just continue every single day to go out in the backyard and to make bricks, then God can take that simple, faithful effort and do amazing things with it. So our theme this summer at camp is I am His. We're just wanting our campers to rest and to discover this core identity of who they really are, that they are God's child, that they are His beloved. And when I think about this and this fact that that God looks at me, and this is incredible to me as well, God looks at me and says the exact same words that he did of Jesus. Because if you think about when Jesus was baptized, and the dove comes down, and he says, this is my beloved son, with him I'm well pleased. That word, beloved, is the same word that Paul uses in Ephesians when he talks about as dearly loved children. It's the same word, and that's us, as beloved children of God. And then he talks about living our lives. God looks at us with love. So the image I want to leave you with, because you may be wrestling with these lies 
for some other lie that Satan is casting your way. And I want you to reject it, and I want you to think of this picture, okay? When you think of Satan trying to throw that at you, or you think about all the ways you've messed up, just get rid of it, quit carrying it around, and let it go, because this is the image of a young child like one of my sons who are four and seven years old. When they come to me and they want to sit in my lap, I don't push them away. I pull them near and hold them close. If they're dirty, you know, if, they're, if they were hurt and all bloody, like I'm not, oh, you know, I want to pull them close because I want them to know they're safe, they are loved, they are precious. That is your Father in heaven. Whether your dad was awesome here on earth or not, your Father in heaven is. And so I want you this week especially, when you sit down to have quiet time with God, I just challenge you to close your eyes and try to envision yourself crawling up into his lap and just resting in the fact that he's holding you tight and he loves you. Cast these lies of Satan out and recognize the truth that I am his. And he looks at me and says, you are mine. You are my special possession. You are my child and I love you. If you have been falling for the lies of Satan, if you have been thinking more about those things than of God and you need prayers, if you don't know God, if you're not one of his children, this is the right time to come forward, to ask for the prayers of this church, uh, and to be baptized if that's what you'd like to do, to become one of God's uh, children. And I pray that this week you will just think on the fact our Father is mighty, He is powerful, He is awesome, He is the I Am, and I'm one of His kids. Whatever you need, come while we stand and sing. Lay your burdens down. Real quick, I want to reiterate uh, the survey that's out there. Uh, it's important to us because we're wanting to be vulnerable as a church and ask for feedback and, and see uh, where we are in, in things. Um, and it's real simple. Uh, the survey is, is mainly questions with three options. For instance, this is a for instance, you know, how well is, how great is our youth and family minister? A, amazing. 
B, incredible. C, terrific. So it's not, it's not hard. It's not hard. Uh, if you need some help, I'll help you with that one. Uh, but it is, it is on this part like where you would say mail to on our bulletin. Uh, if you want to type that in your website there, you can, you can type it there. But you will be getting an email, and it's on our Facebook. It is not on our website. Uh, we just did not want, there are people out there that just search for surveys on websites and churches and do bad reports, so we're trying to stay away from them. But please do that. The uh, paper copies, I said hard copies, and Jay said we've got to say paper copies, are back there as well. And, oh, and keep, does give in charades, okay? Two words. First word is keep going. Oh, okay. We need to. Well, we, we're gonna. We got a few minutes before we do do something as well. Doug, do you need like five? I don't know if he has a puppet skit or what. <laughs> you never know with Doug. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Hold on. This is this is what's going on. <laughs> this is Maverick. If y'all don't know me, I'm Maverick's dad. I'm getting used to uh, introducing myself that way. We just wanted to say thank you. It's been a long road. This church has come through in a big way, in a lot of ways. Just thank you from the bottom of our hearts for everything that you did. Um, if you're visiting today, my name is Dusty Morris. Look me up in the uh, directory. And give me a call or shoot me an email, and I'll tell you what kind of church this is. We were visiting uh, a little bit more than a year and a half ago, and pretty quick it became home for us. And thank God, this church has God's ear. And this is proof. This is Maverick. He was born 11 weeks early, 2 pounds, 6 ounces. And next week he'll be 10 pounds. I took a calculated risk. I wanted to take him out of his car seat because we spent a lot of time planning what outfit he would wear today. <laughs> and when he threw up on it this morning, we put him in this one. <laughs> Thank you. God is good. <laughs> 